What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to I've Heard That, the podcast from Heard At Marketing that discusses digital marketing trends, tips, and more. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan. I'm our agency director, and I'm so excited for today's episode. I have Kirsten and Allie. Uh, Kirsten, tell us about yourself. Hi, my name is Kirsten Smith, and I'm the director of social marketing and brand communications. I oversee all organic social media at Heard At. Uh, we do social media for all of our clients, uh, small to medium-sized businesses, and then also run all the social on our own brands. Awesome. Welcome. Um, Allie, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Hi, Allie Berkey. I am the director of paid search and all of our paid media. So basically, if you put ad spend behind it, I oversee it. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you guys both in the same room or virtually almost in the same room. Um, cause today we want to cover, um, some thoughts on social media. So, um, where does the business start? Like what, what is social media and where does the business start? I feel like a business starts, they need to know what their goals are, what their overall marketing goal is. Um, especially in the digital world, um, where do they want to live digitally? And they really back it up to that. So really starting with their overall business goal, um, knowing if it fits when the social media, uh, as we know, social media has a million channels anymore, which channel does it fit into? And then um, breaking it down, down from there. That's a yeah, great answer. I mean, I feel like with all the hype around TikTok, yeah. <laughs> COVID, we've had businesses ask, that's like been the 2020 question of the year. Like, do I need to be on TikTok? What do you say to businesses about that? Again, I think it all backs up to their strategy and knowing on who their audience is, um, what they want to communicate, like what's their story, what um, do they want to get out there? Is it you know brand awareness? Is it a product focus? Uh, is it getting user-generated content? So just really thinking of a whole strategy, which then can help break you down to what the best platform is for you. Uh, TikTok is... Uh, platform that, you know, it, it was really targeted towards younger, but we've seen some older audiences also consuming that content and really going on there, um, especially with the influencer world. That's one platform they really dipped into was for TikTok. Um, so just thinking that's a whole nother aspect of it is with influencers. So TikTok is one that has been you know, as we know, controversial too, um, with it being uh, shut down by Trump. But it is still a really important platform that's out there that people consume daily. Uh, and it's one of the fastest growing apps um, in 2020, especially the beginning of 2020, before it did get shut down. And um, it's just all about what kind of content you want to get out though. Well, break it down for us. So um, the common ones, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat. I mean, I, yeah, right, where do you draw the line? So can you break it down for us? Like what 
um, type of audience is kind of on each platform and when would a business use one versus the other? Like, what are they good for? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, going and and starting with the main one, Facebook kind of started this all. I think there's now 2.7 billion monthly active users on Facebook, which is a huge reach. But that also means that it's really saturated. Uh, Most of the Facebook users, as we know, is one of the oldest social media platforms. So we do see that audience tend to be a little bit older and, um, and how the, um, content is consumed is going to be different than looking at the other channels. Uh, Facebook is still really relevant and really, still really important to be on, to tell your story and to really get your brand out there. Uh, within the algorithms strategy though, is definitely something that's really important um, to know your strategy within Facebook and then your content strategy and then who you're reaching out to. Instagram is um, probably the second top um, consumed social media platform, which tends to be a little bit younger. I'd say like 25 to 40s, uh, that's their audience. And Instagram really started with just beautiful pictures. That's really what it was all about. So visual. Yeah, just really more visual, telling your story through a picture. And that really changed um, the way we consumed content visually. Facebook was a lot about like words and it was more of a, like a social, like literally communication platform. Instagram kind of changed that through the visual part of it. And that is still really relevant um, of what we're putting out on Instagram and making sure it's beautifully like people get attracted to what the picture yeah, is. Yeah, you have to like be beautiful enough, like yeah. your, ad, your ad has to be visually interesting enough for us to stop right. and consume it because otherwise you're just like going to get lost in the scroll because yep. there's so many like great visual elements in Instagram. Right. And then, um, and then there's Twitter, which again is one of the older social media platforms, which is really, again, social, like communication based. Uh, video is definitely something though, that all three of those platforms are really pushing. The algorithm loves video yes, for like, one. Yes. So then if you're doing video, that's a, stopping the scroll visually appealing, has something important to say, it's going to help stop your audience and and see, um, you know, get your word out and and get out what um, you're really your brand awareness of what you want people to know who you are. And then um, TikTok is something that um, just sprung in and that was started with just fun user generated content. Mm -hmm. Like it was really more focused about the person and what, um, you know, you will see on TikTok, like the challenges and it's really to communicate with each other, but through video or through, um, you don't really write blogs on TikTok (laughs) or anything like that. You're definitely, it's all going to be visual. Um, it kind of sprung off as Snapchat too, in a way, Snapchat's kind of one of those older social platforms that's had its ups and downs. Um, but that one is to also more the visual part of it, taking the images, um, and, uh, not really, you can chat within Snapchat, but it's not as, as used like the Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And then LinkedIn is one that we can't forget about. I think LinkedIn is something that keeps on growing quarter over quarter, like their revenue is going up and it's also one of the most trusted platforms too out there. Um, we know that we've seen with the news lately how <laughs> Facebook has been, you know, in courts and <laughs> lawsuits here and there. Um, 
LinkedIn has been voted the most trusted one to be able to um, consume and put yourself out there. And it's great for B2B. Yeah, that's right. Um, Allie, like when it comes to advertising on these, because obviously Kirsten was just speaking to like the organic content that a business would be creating. Um, What about advertising and what do you see uh, like each corner of the social media platforms? Uh, Like where do businesses advertise and which platforms and for what? How do they use this tool? I think similar to what Kirsten was saying, it really depends on your audience. So I think First, you need to know your audience and their digital habits, where they spend their time, um, because, of course, that's going to be different, I mean, across every platform. Um, and, and like Kirsten also was saying, knowing your goals. Um, so, of course, something like, um, I mean, all you can drive conversions in every single platform, but it's probably easier to drive a conversion in, um, like, Facebook versus something like Twitter. Um, so yeah, I think it's just knowing kind of knowing your audience, knowing where they're engaged and also when they're engaged is also really important in terms of like ad targeting and when you want to run ads. Um, and when you talk about your audience, so, I mean, clearly I know if you like look at my phone, I have more than one social media platform (laughs) installed, maybe a few. Um, how, how do you kind of build a strategy around that? Like, Yes, you mentioned your messaging, yes, your audience, but knowing that like people have more than one platform um, and are not like solely members of one platform, how do you kind of develop your strategy around that? I think you almost have to look at each one and tailor your strategy different, like differently. Like I wouldn't necessarily say that the same copy that would work in something like Facebook um, would work in something like Twitter. Um, You're obviously doing different things when you're in Facebook versus when you're on Twitter. I think you maybe have a different mindset. Like I go to Twitter literally strictly for sports news. Um, And like Facebook, I'm, I guess I'm probably more engaged on Facebook because it's more of like a casual scroll versus like I'm, I'm seeking to look like out, like seeking something out specifically. Um, so I think developing an individual, like putting yourself in the mindset of your audience and developing kind of an individual, almost micro strategy for each one of those different platforms is really important. Well, I think that's like important to call out Ali, like, uh, when it comes to paid advertising, there's so many more, um, you have so much more control over your campaigns, which is obviously organic or not controlling the algorithms controlling who's seeing what, when. Um, but for paid, yes, there's an algorithm, but at least you can set some of those parameters up. So thinking through like what time of day or night or where, or when are they consuming the content and planning your content and your messaging around your audience by platform, by those parameters, demographics, uh, time, like content. I think too, paid organically is testing. Like testing is really important and that's how you can learn what your audience is going to respond to on each platform. You could try the exact same ad or exact same organic post on each platform, and you will see how each platform engages with it. So learning what the audience really wants is also important, and I can't stress like testing that enough, and then you can get to those results. So explain to us, like, why is engagement, um, obviously, like, getting your message seen is important, but why is engagement so important for um, social media and for algorithms, like how does it all work? Yeah. So engagement is probably the one of the top KPIs for social media. And that means the audience is liking what they're putting out. They're listening to you. 
They understand what you're saying. You know, you, you're maybe solving their problem. And so the more engagement you get within a post, the algorithm's going to put your content in front of that audience more. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like as we think about Facebook, uh, in some regards competing for like my screen time with Instagram, with TikTok, with <laughs> LinkedIn, in in that explanation, yeah, like if Facebook's giving me content and I'm spending my time watching it or engaging with it, then I'm more likely to use Facebook than Instagram than TikTok in that moment. And so it's trying to serve me things that I want to spend my time seeing. And if I'm saying, yes, give me more, then it's going to keep giving me more of that brand. Right? Right. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Um, How do you think COVID has changed the way people use social media? Or like where businesses need to advertise? How how has all this changed things for us? COVID has... Um, helped social media out a lot through consumption. Uh, numbers have gone up a ton. We got more time on our we hands. We have more time on our hands. <laughs> so we are constantly just browsing within the social platforms. Um, one of the bigger things for organically, what we've seen is the increase in influencer marketing during COVID. And uh, it's been really important to use that influencer marketing to get your your brand out because someone can't walk into your store and you can't give that great customer service in the store. So how do you do it? You use someone to be your brand advocate. So influence marketing has definitely gone up a ton during COVID too. Yeah, that's a great example. So I think a lot of times when businesses think of influencer marketing, they're thinking of like, oh, the Kim Kardashian, like showing like her latest and greatest face mask or lip gloss or whatever on Instagram. But explain how that um, translates to like different brands and or like, do you have to hire Kim Kardashian? I don't have a million dollars. So what do I do? How does a small business do influencer marketing? Yeah, I there's macro influencers, micro influencers. Uh, you know, they go anywhere from even 15,000 followers up to millions of followers. And again, all focus on your business goals in the end. But you can work with a micro-influencer as a small business, and they can still be your brand advocate and get your voice out to their audience, which is possibly an audience you haven't even tapped yet or gotten your word out to, and really could be at a cheaper price, too, than the traditional marketing, if you think about it, Um, because I don't need to serve them a radio ad or a billboard or an email. I can use someone that believes in my product um, and my services, and they can they can be my brand advocate and be authentic about it too. Um, so I think it's really smart for small businesses to use influencer marketing. Yeah, so that's why it's super important as they're choosing which influencers to work with, making sure it still feels authentic so that it's not like, here, I, here I'm seeing this ad and it's someone just trying to sell me something again. It's actually them giving a really authentic review of, you know, a product or of a solution. Right. It needs to still be on brand, on their brand. For Allie, I'm going to ask Allie the same question. Uh, How has COVID affected paid advertising and where people are spending um, their budgets? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, I think, especially because a lot of businesses, entire business model changed, right? Especially for the first couple months, um, people's businesses just looked entirely different. So, um, For us specifically, I think it's important to be agile, of course, and adaptable because things were changing literally by the day. Um, And then kind of shifting your focus to maybe, uh, like I think specifically um, driving things to more online or example, like 
if you're a bank, um, maybe pushing more promotions towards like your mobile app. Um, just thinking of ways to adapt to kind of the current worlds we're living in um, and how we can still get out our message and still um, still promote, but also be sensitive about our promotions. Yeah, I think that's super important because the world has changed. So like if we're still um, pushing the content that we were before COVID, um, I think that's few and far between the businesses that could get away with that at this point. So um, I think uh, uh, even to a degree, like you you mentioned, it seems like really insensitive if you're still um, using that messaging pre-COVID now um, on your social. So tell me, you mentioned you use Twitter for sports. Allie, what do you use? Twi- what do you use these platforms for? What's the content that you're engaging with? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, Twitter for sports for sure. <laughs> um, gosh, and then I guess like. Instagram for me is, um, just a really embarrassing, like celebrity, like I want to sneak in and look, um, but also absolutely like small business shopping. So there are a couple, um, small businesses in Omaha. Um, like there's a local, like, I guess it's like a secondhand, like thrift store. I don't know. Um, but that's one of my favorite ones because they have such pretty, they have such pretty photos and it just, I don't know how many things I've been convinced to buy just strictly off of looking at it. Um, those are really my two big ones. TikTok, I can't get into. (laughs) That's a really great example of it working and like why it works for you. Um, what about you, Kirsten? What are you consuming? Yeah, I think the three main platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and, and LinkedIn too. Um, Facebook and LinkedIn, I use more for like educational purposes. Like I like to read blogs on those platforms. I like to get my news updates on those platforms. So I really look to those two for that content. Um, same with Ali on Instagram. I do small business shopping. I, I buy a lot of stuff on Instagram, surprisingly, um, which is which could be scary or, or could be great too. But um, like I mentioned with those influencers out there, like they're giving those brand reviews and following them. I'm like, yep, I got to get that. She looks good. I know this will work great for me. And then just like memes and fun videos and, and stuff like that. It's kind of one of my platforms that I just can escape and just spend some time in there um, and to consume all the content. Um, I think any favorite campaigns, anything you guys mentioned, you both have purchased, um, any, and on social, um, B2B, not just e-commerce related things, um, but any purchases that you've made, any favorite campaigns? I am a sucker for skincare. So <laughs> that's when I always fall into, cause I'm like, Oh, her face is beautiful. Mine's going to look like that. Um, so, so <laughs> yeah, any skincare campaigns I, I really fall for. Um, and for LinkedIn, it's more like the motivational speaking part of it, where I see that ad come to me, um, cause they will promote themselves as a, as an ad. Um, I start following them and consuming their content. Hey, wait, we haven't even mentioned Pinterest. Oh goodness. Sorry guys. <laughs> do you use Pinterest? Yes. What do you use it for? Should you be Pinterest honest? is also one of those platforms that, um, has been around for a while. It's actually a search engine almost anymore. So people think of it more as a search engine than social a lot of times because people are on there searching. Like they're looking for recipes. They're looking for fashion advice. They're looking for DIY, how to. Um, so it's really considered 
searching anymore. Um, it's really important to definitely be on there. If you uh, fall within, you know, those categories, I think, you know, the blogs, the bloggers, um, videos of how to, and videos gotten big on Pinterest too, like everything else. Um, so yeah, I do consume Pinterest a lot. <laughs> I think that's something that is, yeah, it's been on the back burner of my mind, but like throughout COVID, kind of to your point, oh, yeah. um, and their stock has increased for this reason, because you're go- you're sitting at home, you're like, I need to uh, redo my kitchen. I'm going to stain my cabinets. I need, I want to like try something new with my hair because I'm bored at home. Like I'm going to go to Pinterest and look for these tutorials or bake something new. Uh, and that's where you go to find like recipes, hairstyles, home decor. I mean, those are the things I'm looking at yeah. on my Pinterest. And I, I forgot I even had it installed until we were at home for COVID. And I'm like, oh yeah, I need some ideas. And I've done more pinning than probably the last five years. Right. Yeah. Yep. Any favorite campaigns for you, Allie? I know you mentioned you've bought a few things. Yeah, um, really. So Urban Outfitters has this thing. It's like um, UO on you. So it's basically people um, showcasing the clothes on themselves, which I love. And they they did it a lot during COVID because obviously they weren't like photographing models. Um, So they did a lot at that time. And I thought that was really, I mean, that got me every time because like oh well I mean I'm not I'm not 5'10 like 120 pounds like I can't relate to these models but I can absolutely like relate to someone just like um basically styling something themselves at home so I feel like that one like really got me especially this last year I've really I already knew about this watching the social dilemma like kind of gives you terror and you got to let it wear off but um data, privacy, how is like social media's algorithm and cookies, like how, explain this world in, in your own terms and should I be scared or like, am I giving up a little bit of my data to get something in return? How do you view it? With the privacy policies, you can decide as much or as little as you want the social channels to know. Yes, by you being on the internet in general, you're, they're going to get data. Um, that's why you will see ads from a website you were just on when you're on a different website or when you're just searching something, they're gonna cons- they're going to target you. Uh, within Facebook, they've gone through a lot of privacy private um, policy violations. Yeah, I was gonna say lawsuits yeah. aside, like in yes. general. Yeah, and you can actually go in and adjust the settings that you would like to know how much Facebook would want to know about you. They could know everything about you, or or they could know a little where then you don't get those ads retargeted towards you. Mm-hmm. How does that kind of change like how businesses use retargeting alley with data privacy being um, kind of top of mind uh, and people kind of scaling back on what they're allowing these platforms to see? How do you use that information as a business? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be limiting for sure. Um, it's not the wild, wild west out there as it probably once was, um, but that's a good thing. I think. And um, again, you just need to be a little more um, strategic in your approach if you are running like a remarketing campaign and also understanding that there are limitations and maybe putting less money towards some of those retargeting remarketing campaigns and putting more money into um, like brand awareness and um, driving just like new traffic in general. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do think, in my opinion, like that it's if you've if you feel comfortable with it, limiting uh, like your details, limiting your your information on these platforms, 
Um, it's like a comfortable, like what you're comfortable with. Obviously, Facebook is in hot water and like I don't want my data stolen, sold, whatever. But uh, if I'm agreeing to what I'm allowing, then I think it's really good for paid advertising. I think it's really good that I'm seeing content that I already said I'm interested in versus not giving the platforms any um, details about myself and then I get bombarded with stuff I'm not even interested in. So, of course, like my engagement with that content is why I'm getting served like more things that I'm interested in. Um, and those around me, which is kind of freaky at first thought, but I'll just give you an example. Uh, I did see my parents. I broke down, saw them finally um, around Thanksgiving. And that's when, of course, like I'm holiday shopping like a mad person on, on like a bunch of sites. So getting picking up cookies left and right. I go to my social media. Um, I had like looked at the sweater. I think it was on J. Crew, And then um, my mom was there with me. Uh, so Facebook knew that we were in close proximity to each other. Really weird. Um, like the next week, she's like getting ads for the sweater that I looked at on J. Crew, and she suits me, of course, because she's my mom, a screenshot. And she's like, do you like the sweater? And I'm like, yes, it's working. Thank you, J. Crew. <laughs> um, so I, I think like there's um, some positive things that come out of it. Like I'm seeing content that I want to see um, with if you can get past the uh, like all seeing eye, big brother, like Google, Facebook, like knowing everything about me. So. I think you have to be mindful too um, of like definitely put like an ad frequency cap on so that you're not just constantly bombarding someone with the same ad. Um, so being a little sensitive to your like to consumers in that way too. Um, you know, you want to get in front of them, but you don't want to give them ad fatigue either. Yeah, no one wants the hard sell. I'm like, let's scroll past that. Or again, like if, um, I think it was Instagram, I feel like, Kirsten, correct me if I'm wrong, that was like, had to dial their algorithm back because they were like bombarding people with ads. And again, like that could get me to stop using that platform altogether. If I'm like, fine, I'm just going to go watch TikTok because I don't want to, I don't want to just be bombarded with ads. Yeah, they just did a big algorithm update um, a few months ago. And I don't know if you noticed this when you were on Instagram, when an ad would come up, it would ask you if you you, oh, yeah. in, if you engaged with this ad or did you buy something from this ad and it was asking you that. So then them learning what you were really engaging with, um, had them change then their algorithm of, of knowing exactly what, what you want to consume, which hurts some businesses really. I was going to say from an agency perspective, I feel like we were fielding a lot of questions on like, Hey, why is my performance dropped? Or even mm -hmm. when you're looking at influencers, seeing their yep. performance dropping. Yeah. And it was really more with impressions because, they weren't reaching as much of an audience, as large as of an audience, which engagement is so more important. Relevant Yes, yes it's more, yes. So Not you, just eyeballs. Right. Like you do want to reach, of course, a large audience, but be relevant and making sure that audience is engaging with your, your content. And that's really what Instagram was asking us. Yeah, and I think to Ali's point, that's why it's so important to A-B test, to continue mm -hmm. testing, because algorithms are changing, people's tastes are changing, seasonality, like, I mean, obviously, we've made it through the holiday shopping season, so, like, what are you advertising? Don't just set it and forget it. Right, yep. <laughs> or you're going to pay a really high price, um, and or are the algorithm's going to uh, take you out. Right, your cost per click's going to be high. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, so final question for both of you before we wrap up today, give me some advice. I'm a small business owner. What do I need to do on social? How do I, where do I start? Can I do it myself? Do I need help? It's like 10 questions. Right. <laughs> um, I think again, like I, I mentioned earlier, think about your business goal. Uh, what is your business goal? Social media is a great way to get your brand out to a large audience and especially organically it's, it's cheap. 
Uh, you can tell your story pretty well through organic post um, by reaching the people that you you want to engage with and hopefully then return to be a customer. Um, so for doing in-house or using an agency, I think it just all depends on uh, on your headcount, um, how big your business is. And, um, you know, the nice thing about an agency is that we, especially I know at Heard at become experts in your field. Like we do so much research, we get to know your business and we're able, and we're the experts at knowing what to get out and talking to the right person at the right time with the right message. And, uh, just being able to trust someone to do that leaves a lot off of your plate where you can run your day-to-day business. I think that's like an important note to take though, that like social media content has a significantly shorter shelf life Mm -hmm. than a lot of like than the SEO or website work um, that might be part of their greater strategy. So again, like kind of feel free to try and see what works. Like, is it that really authentic, I don't know, iPhone shot uh, content or is it the more professional planned curated based content that's working for your audience and then do that, continue to test and do more of that? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Allie, what's your advice for the small to medium-sized business when it comes to using paid ads, uh, the paid um, paid ads on these platforms? Um, really similar to Kirsten, I think know your goal. What like what's your end goal? Um, know your audience. Know where your audience is. Know how your audience interacts with these different platforms, um, and then test. Like test, test, test. Especially with something like paid, if you're putting money behind it. Um, it's really important to make data-driven decisions. So testing is so important to really hone in on your messaging and what's working. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's not set it and forget it. So got to keep, keep an eye on it at all times. Keep testing. I like it. Um, business owners, we want to hear questions from you. What kind of questions do you have for um, Allie and Kirsten? So um, comment, like our post, um, engage with our social uh our social post. Um, but no, we do want to have, we do want to know what kind of questions do you want to ask our team? Um, we're open and we're excited to help answer, um, some of those questions for you. So, um, that's it for today. Really want to thank you, Kirsten and Allie. Thanks for joining us. Um, and, uh, subscribe or like our podcast wherever, wherever you get our podcast. I've heard that is a part of the Herd at Media Network. For more information, follow Herd at on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit herdatmarketing.com. A Herd at Media Production.